in our second reading today, the second letter of St. Paul to Timothy. St. Paul tells Timothy to be persistent, whether it is convenient or inconvenient, to hold on, to be steadfast, whether it is easy or it is hard. The word that's given is one that really encourages a type of perseverance, a continuing to offer our prayers and petitions, a continuing to preach, to be able to say, this is what the good news of Jesus Christ looks like, whether it seems to be popular and acceptable or whether sometimes it comes across as being out of step with the way that the modern world is. And yet, we are challenged to continue to seek the Lord and to follow him wherever it is that he would lead. In our first reading today, we have the battle of the Israelites against Amalek. And Moses is the one who goes up on the mountain to oversee the area where the battle is taking place, as if he took on the role of being the general, seeing how the battle was going and making adjustments as needed or as necessary. But when he gets up to the mountain, one of the things that he does is he raises his arms in prayer. It's a position that sometimes is called the Oran's position, the praying position. It's one of the ways in which, as the presider at church and such, as a priest, there's moments and times where I hold my hands like this, the same that Moses would have, in raising his arms in prayer. And in that moment, what he's doing is he is seeking the blessing and the work of God to be done in their midst. So when we are in a church or when we're in a space in our lives where we're looking to pray, sometimes the sense of raising our arms, centering our hearts, turning ourselves towards the Lord, we say, where is the Lord? Oh, the Lord is there, then I should turn my heart and my life to the Lord to be able to pray and to say, Lord, I want your will done in my life. Lord, where there are struggles or where there are difficulties, Lord, I want, I need you to be present. And so that's what Moses does as he goes up that mountain. And as Amalek is attacking, something that really becomes apparent is that when Moses has his arms up in prayer, when Moses is asking for God's will to be done, God is the one who is giving victory to the Israelites. They're the ones that do better on the battlefield. And yet, when Moses' arms grow weary and he lets them down for a rest, that also becomes a moment in which the Israelites start losing on the battlefield. When Moses doesn't have his arms in prayer, 
It's not, it no longer becomes something in which there's a seeking and an asking for God and his will to be done. Now, I don't know if you've ever held your hands up for a long period of time in that posture of prayer. But if you have ever lifted your hands up and held them, and held them up in honor or praise of God, or we bring ourselves to a place in which, you know, we, if we're holding up our hands as we are united in prayer, what we notice is that it can become really exhausting. You know, why might Moses let his hands down? Well, he might get tired or exhausted. He might find himself growing weary. But if we think about our own lives too, you know, sometimes there's moments in which we say, I've got something that I need to pray and to bring to the Lord. And so we come and we say, Lord, I'm bringing this prayer and this petition to you. You know, and we fold our hands and maybe even we're shaking with all of the intensity that we have in our prayer. And we say, Lord, I'm offering this and I'm taking time to speak. Sometimes even I run out of words that I need to say. And there I am. And I said, Lord, I've said everything that I need to. I've offered it to you. What's next? I open my eyes. I look at my watch and 30 seconds have gone by, or maybe even five minutes. To have that intensity in prayer, to continue to be persistent in prayer, sometimes feels exhausting because sometimes when we're in prayer, time flies by and we look and we say, was that really 15 minutes or a half hour? But sometimes in prayer, we think that we've said everything that we need to say and we've offered it all and we say, I don't know what else to offer, I don't know what else to speak to, to share, to say. And we look and we say, how is it that the clock is moving so slowly? I was supposed to take time to discuss this with the Lord and it seems like our conversation is done, but we haven't really spent much time on it. So sometimes in our own prayer and in our lives, we become discouraged by the length of time that we are called to be persistent in our prayers, to continue to offer those prayers, not because the Lord doesn't know what we need, not because the Lord is just simply slow, not because we're afraid that we're going to be forgotten about. But sometimes the conversation that is prayer means that we have to take the time both to speak to the Lord and to share with him what it is that we have to say, what's on our hearts, to direct our minds and our thoughts to the Lord. And sometimes in our conversation with the Lord, we need to make sure that we take that time to listen to, to have that confidence that God perhaps has something that he wants to share and to say back to us. 
One of the things that we see in that first reading as well is that Moses goes up that mountain and he goes up with some companions, with some friends. His brother Aaron goes up with him as well as her, and the two of them end up being the people that have to hold up Moses' hands in prayer. He becomes exhausted and he becomes tired. And so it, in order for the prayer to continue to be carried, it takes some assistance and it takes some help. One of the things about our Christian life of faith that we acknowledge is that certainly there's a personal way in which we experience God's salvation. There's a personal way in which we experience our relationship with the Lord, the way in which Jesus comes into our lives, and the way in which we become transformed by that gift of grace. But also, there are moments and times in which we also acknowledge that there is a great grace and a gift in the fact that God gives us a community of believers, that we belong to a community of faith, whether it's our family and our household, whether it's our church community, whether it ends up being some of our friends that we can speak to and share and say, this is what's going on in my life. And we have the freedom to be a little bit more vulnerable than we perhaps are other times saying, you know, this is something that I'm worried about, or this is something that, you know, isn't going 100% right, or isn't perhaps perfect. And in my prayers and in my desire for things to get better or to make improvements, there's times and moments where I get exhausted in trying to offer these prayers on my own. And so I need companions. I need friends to help and to assist me in keeping my arms raised in prayer, in turning my heart again towards the Lord to be able to say that, Lord, I need your will to be done in my life, in my family, in my household, Lord, you are the one who can save and redeem. You are the one who can make this happen. See, when we let our hands drop or our cares and our concerns are things that we hold in so tight that they are just ours and we at times are unwilling to offer and to bring those and to let ourselves be lifted up by others in prayer we start to hold back and we start to say, you know, this is an area of my life that I'm not going to offer to the Lord. When we let our hands down in terms of prayer, it becomes a way in which we say, I've got to start thinking about a plan B. What if God doesn't show up? What if God doesn't answer the prayer that I offer and that I ask, how do I make the best of my own situation? When we take our hands down, we start focusing on our own, our own wit, our own skills, our own ability to get things done, and instead, we need to look to the Lord who is the Savior and the Redeemer. We need to turn our hearts, we need to turn 
our, raise our hands in prayer and to say, Lord, you are the one who can save and redeem. You are the one who can bring transformation to me, to my life. You're the one who brings forgiveness, salvation, redemption. You're the one who brings that same peace and grace into my family, into my community. Lord, you are the one who can save and redeem the world. It doesn't mean that we don't have our own parts to play in trying to make the world a better place, but it still means that ultimately the salvation that we seek and what, what, what can happen, what can take place, what can be accomplished is what God can do. God is the one who says he can make all things new. And however strong the battle seems, and whether it seems that we are losing that battle, or maybe we're doing well and we're winning that battle, having our hands raised in prayer, offering that to him and continuing to say, Lord, I entrust this, my whole heart, everything that's a part of my life, I entrust all of this to you. That becomes what invites grace and salvation into our hearts, into our lives, into our families, into our world. So today, as we continue our prayers of this Mass, we ask for God's grace to be transformative, to make our lives, to make our world new. Amen.